my goal this year actually was not monetary at all. It was mm. actually just balance. Right. So balance in my life and balance in work. And I really wanted to extend that on to my painters as well. Mm. So last year, I feel like the painters that I did have, they were so amazing, but they were working so hard just because I had sold so much. Right. So we had to be able to produce it. And we were just kind of like all really burnt out by the end right. of the summer. And so I just wanted to make sure that I had kind of created an environment for my team where they could reach their personal goals and their business goals. And, and so could I, right. And then ultimately be creating an environment for clients that they feel like they can trust us. And welcome to the leaders of tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the student works management program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey leaders. Thanks so much for joining me on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. I've got an amazing young leader. Uh, her name is Caitlin Sage. She is in her second year of the Student Works Management Program. Uh, she was uh, an elite operator her first year, and now her second year, she is about to graduate from Carleton's Global International uh, Science or Inter International Development Program. And... Uh, Really, really spectacular, you know, young person, just such heart, commitment, focus, uh, intelligence. Really, really, we dug into a bunch of really neat topics. It's just incredibly proud that, that there are people like Caitlin in our business uh, and in our business to develop the future leaders that we're right now recruiting. And so, you know, this is our key recruiting time. And uh, where in the fall, we go out and we look to attract amazing young students who really want to step up their leadership, who really want to take on a challenge really of a lifetime, or at least of, of, of the early part of their lifetime that really is going to challenge them and really help define them as leaders. And so, you know, we have just had our best year ever. We are going to go do that again next year. We've got incredible retention of our top operators, incredible number of referrals. And so, you know, if you know someone who wants to develop and, and move forward as a leader, please send them my way. You can write me an email, chris at leaderspodcast.ca. You can send them to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply or to studentworks.com. And please share our podcast to other young leaders looking to develop themselves in the future. I know you're going to love this podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic day. Well, Caitlin, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Hi, Chris. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. You know, really, really excited. Um, and it's really great, you know, to bring our amazing operators on the pod to hear about what they're getting from the program. And, and I know this is your second year in the program. So, you know, why don't we jump to before the program, you know, so who was Caitlin Sage and, and, you know, how, how is she seeing the world? What was she like before the program? Right. Okay. So for the program, I feel 
Like I was someone who was just like jumping around from kind of like experience to experience and job to job. And I just was always trying to find new ways to grow and learn new things, but I wasn't really finding one position or one thing that like helped me do it in an all-inclusive way. So I feel like, honestly, I was like that for my entire life. I was always kind of in sports and clubs, but not always the same ones. Um, I've I've probably done every sport that you can think of. (laughs) And I, I honestly really just ended up sticking to swimming the longest, but overall I was just moving around to any area that I felt like I could learn the most in. Um, it was the same in work. So I started babysitting when I was like 11 or 12. And I guess my first real job Mm -hmm. was actually at Sears. So (laughs) it's not around anymore, but, (laughs) but yeah. So I was actually just a sales associate there. Um, just like folding, folding clothes and doing cash, um, helping customers, the basic things like that. And then eventually they started calling me to ask to help merchandise and set up the floor and do kind of shipping and receiving and that side of things. Um, So it was all about that because I loved to to grow and learn new things. Right. And then eventually I was actually called to cover shift in more specialized departments that were actually on commission and things like that. Right. And eventually an administrator actually decided to go on vacation for a couple of months. Right. This is like fast forwarding to grade 12 of high school. And they decided that they were going to allow me to take her position for the time that she was gone. Okay. So I was actually like learning so much in this position. I was like doing everyone's floats at the end of the night. I was Mm -hmm. balancing the safes. It was literally me, a manager and a security person at the end of the day, closing up and locking up the Sears. And I got to do the the PA announcements for opening closing. That was pretty cool at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I continued that for pretty much all of high school. By the time I graduated, I just felt like I needed a a change of pace. I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do in university or as a career. And I'm from a super small town. It's just, it's called North Bay. I'm not yeah. sure if you know where the Oh, is, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, there's there's not much there. So working at Sears Forever really wasn't appealing to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I felt like I just needed kind of a new space to learn in. Right. And traveling has always been something that's been on my list. So I actually decided that I was going to go nanny abroad. Okay. So I joined this website called Pair World. And that kind of just lets you talk with families and see who you might kind of connect with. Okay. And a family from um, Canada actually messaged me and Canada wasn't on my list. I really wanted to go somewhere else, but they lived in Calgary and we ended up talking and really getting along. Right. Moved out to Calgary for a year after high school. And I really just traveled and met new people and we travel all over the States and all over Canada. And I just got to learn kind of in a, in a way that I had never learned before. So not really in stereotypical, like structured learning environment. Yes. Which was really a great experience for me because it ultimately like helped me decide what I wanted to do in school. Right. Or so I thought. Um, <laughs> so after I, I finished knitting for a year, I ended up coming to Ottawa because I was going to go into environmental science. Right. And then once I got here, I was like, maybe I don't want to go into environmental science. Right. <laughs> and so I ended up going into this program called undeclared studies. Okay. Basically what that is, is, you can just take whatever courses appeal to you. Okay. And you're just in this kind of open degree. Right. So you're in an open degree and you can just choose any course that strikes your interest and see what you think you would want to do for an actual degree. Right. So I did that for a year and then I ended up going into the environmental science stream. 
and I was liking it. I didn't really see any issues with it. But then somebody came to our class and did a presentation on a new program that they were starting at Carleton, which was called Global and International Studies. And there was a specialization in environmental science. Right. Because I was obsessed with growth, (laughs) this just seems like the ultimate way to do it because I got to be learning everything that I was learning in environmental science. So all of my core courses were the same, but I actually also got to learn things like law and political science and international relations, languages, just, yeah, so many. (laughs) Much broader, right? Yeah, it was so interdisciplinary. And that's just seemed like the ultimate way to learn something new. So I decided it was a program that was made for me. (laughs) Um, So I switched into that program. Luckily, that's still where I am. I'm almost graduated. So I'm pretty excited about that. So I guess in short, I would say that I was someone who was obviously really driven and I was determined, but also really growth oriented. And I was kind of searching for a space to let me flourish in all of those areas at once. Um, which I feel like student works really did. So I feel super lucky to be here. Well, no, that's, well, that's, that's awesome. And I, and, and totally, I think any, all of our leaders listening, sort of get the energy that you have, Caitlin, and how you attack your life. Right. And, you know, that have led to, you know, again, a lot of the really high performance that you exhibit in school and how you, how you do things. And then also how you did this, you know, so, so I know you were a top performer, you know, after your first year with us. So, so, you know, how did you see yourself or how did you see the world differently after a first year with uh, the student works management program? Right. Um, that's a really great question, actually. So mm-hmm. my first year was not the smoothest mm-hmm. sales wise. I feel it, it was pretty good. I, I did okay in sales, but production was rocky to say the least. Right. Um, so I had really high painter turnover and I was just always feeling like I, I couldn't really get ahead of the next issue, whether that was because I didn't set proper expectations with my clients or the job didn't go like as smoothly as we wanted, or my expectation setting with my painters was poor. Right. And so they just didn't understand the scope of the job or whatever it was. I ended up cycling through like 11 painters in the production season, which is significant. Right. And I was honestly working like over 90 hours a week. Sometimes I was painting with one other painter. Right. And that's just not sustainable. Right. Um, so it ultimately just exhausted me and then created a domino effect that was in my, it led into my business. I just didn't have enough energy to be able to handle issues that were coming at me. Yeah. And you could see it spiraling down, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even though, again, you were a top performer, you went to Mexico. But again, it's just not working, even though, you know, there's a quote unquote, there's success, there's profit, but it doesn't work running your life that way. Absolutely. Exactly. So this actually led me to avoid issues, um, which I'm not sure if you knew, but avoiding issues doesn't actually make them go away. So I know that. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So I learned that pretty quickly. um, And ultimately, like the business just wasn't working and it wasn't what I had kind of envisioned right. or wanted. Um, I feel like things are never really what you envision. So <laughs> for sure. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I definitely, I learned a lot because of this and especially just how important expectation setting is with clients and honestly, just expectation setting and communication with anyone in or impacted by your business. Okay. So I feel like I see communications, the communication and relationships just differently. And I know in student works, we say like relationships are everything. And that to me is just so important to recognize. And in my second year, this is just things that I emphasize daily and I make sure that I'm always implementing in my business. Right. 
And honestly, just how I look at my personal life is completely different in communication and relationships now as well. Yeah. And, and certainly one of the challenges, one of our commandments is ex- expectations management, We're like go set everyone's expectation, be really clear. Here's what's going to happen. This is this, this is this. Now, of course, in your first year, that's very difficult. Like yeah. we can point it out. We can, here's the system. Here's the process. It's just very, very difficult. But coming into a second year, all of a sudden having that experience you know, what were your goals in setting up your second year? And not so much monetarily and fiscally, although I know you've had another amazing year, but but more, what were your goals of how you were going to run the business and what you saw and, and then what you've discovered? Right. So my goal this year actually was not monetary at all. It was mm. actually just balance. Right. So balance in my life and balance in work. And I really wanted to extend that on to my painters as well. Mm. So last year, I feel like the painters that I did have, they were so amazing, but they were working so hard just because I had sold so much. Right. So we had to be able to produce it. And we were just kind of like all really burnt out by the end right. of the summer. And so I just wanted to make sure that I had kind of created an environment for my team where they could reach their personal goals and their business goals. And, and so could I, Right. and then ultimately be creating an environment for clients that they feel like they can trust us. And they know that we're going to give them a really great experience um, or a great job. So in my second year, Balance. Actually, I feel, I feel like I've done a really great job at at doing this. Yeah. And so I really didn't want to be working a hundred hours a week. I didn't want to feel drained. I didn't want to feel unhappy because I knew that that just was going to spill over into my business and create the same effect that it did the year before. Right. Um, I really wanted to make sure that just everyone was reaching their goals. And maybe this seems a bit utopian, but but yeah, like I said, I feel like I've actually done it. So um, now I have a huge focus on expectation setting with my clients and relationships with my clients and just making sure that like my relationship with them is a top priority. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I, I literally will just sit down with them and like have a tea or have a coffee and we'll right. just sit and I'll get to learn more about their lives. And I feel like I know so much about most of my clients this year. Like I, I stay in touch with all of them. I've gotten amazing referrals from them and just amazing advice even like for sure. them, them as people are, they're just so great. Most of them like have run, ran their own businesses or have some sort of experience in, in management positions, especially in Ottawa, like we have the government here. So yeah. I meet so many amazing people and just getting their take on, on my business and where I can improve and even just like helping me coaching my painters. Like right. I, I just think that that's huge. And this year I've really loved kind of developing that sort of a relationship with my clients as well. And with my painters, I just make sure like I'm always asking them how they want to be coached Mm -hmm. and what they want to achieve in not only the summer with work, but also in their life. Right. So that way I can create positions for them to be able to do that. Like one of my painters, they just really, really wanted better communication skills with clients specifically. So now she does all of the walk arounds morning and night, and she talks with all of the clients throughout the day. Fantastic. Yeah. So that she feels like she can reach these goals. Yeah, that's kind of how I've implemented that into my second. Year. Well, that's wonderful. And and really again, it's it's so we identify what a team member wants and then we go and try to implement it. Like, you know, so so and yes, we I you know, one thing that's come up a couple of times, yes, we have an ideal about what we want. And I think what's normal is everyone has ideals that they want to operate. What's abnormal is people understanding they're not going to hit them. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, because people somehow think, oh, I'm going to hit this ideal that I have. No, no, no. Because as soon as I get to that ideal, it's going to squeak out and the ideal is going to move on. Like we'll regularly see that with our operators. They achieve their goals. They set a new one and they didn't recognize they hit their first goal, you know, or, or this was actually what they were hoping to get, but they got more. So it's, yeah. and, and, and it's not just operators, it's everybody, you know, it's everybody. That's how life works and understanding, again, how do we manage our mindset? How do we manage those, you know, not getting what we want? How do we take that as a learning lesson? And how do we create new structures like you did? You know, when one structure, just for our leaders listening, one structure is it doesn't work to burn yourself out, right? It doesn't work to do that. Like, I think top performers work really hard and there's a point where it starts to turn in on us and we're just working so hard that life becomes unlivable. And so one thing I always love to, to coach, especially in our second year, but really once, once operators have their businesses up and running and winning is we want to be making this sustainable. How can I do this for the rest of my life? You know, like I'm running my own business and, and it can be sustainable. It should be sustainable. And so it's like putting things in place so that it's sustainable. I can tell that's something that you were really focused on at that training with your goal of balance, you know, and look what happens, you know, you, you, you move forward. Yeah, totally. You know, what other learning have you had this second year and, and sort of, you know, help, helped you set your, yourself up for the future? So learning wise this year, I feel like just it's honestly, I, th I feel like it's been more of a life thing for me, like realizing what's important, especially with COVID. Like, mm. I just feel like I'm just so lucky to be able to be in this position and be able to still have a job when sure. so many people around me were impacted negatively by it right. um, and don't have jobs or aren't in the positions that they thought they were going to be. Like they can't move into the house they thought they were going to be moving into, or they can't go see their family across the country or right. whatever it is. So for me, being able to just like have this opportunity to still run my business and to still even employ other students and give them a chance to earn money for school and to still be successful in the summer, I feel like that's been huge for me at least. Yeah. Um, and just realizing like what's important. So having taken a step back now and kind of looking at the bigger picture rather than just working so, so hard that I am just taking everything as it comes and right. not really like stepping back to enjoy things. Right. I think that I've personally been able to identify what my values are and what my goals are like in a more solid way. Mm -hmm. And now I just kind of have more goals for my future. And I know what are the things that I need to do in order to, to reach them. Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's kind of like what I've been taking away the most From in my second year. Well, that's great. Yeah. And, and so, you know, digging into sort of the, the whole COVID, you know, like, you know, locked in, couldn't go out of your apartment, you know, how did you cope with that? How did you see that? How did you experience that? While, while of course, running a business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So at first I, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty down. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't really seeing the bright side of things. My mindset was pretty bad. Um, another operator, I actually was roommates with Caitlin Alger yeah. and she was operating her business as well. And she was contemplating leaving. And so right. at this point we're, we're locked in a house together. It's only us two. Our house is like two rooms and that's it. Like yeah. It's so small. And I'm just hearing like that she wants to leave and all of her reasons seem really, really justifiable. Sure. <laughs> so I'm kind of thinking like, well, 
she's smart. She's a high performer. Mm-hmm. She made it to Mexico as well. She right. ran a successful business. Like if she has these concerns, should I be having these concerns? For sure. So at the beginning, that was my mindset. Yeah. <laughs> and then I reached out to Chris, my DM, um, and chatted with him a little bit about it. And he basically was just like, well, if you can convince me that this is actually something that's going to benefit you in the future, then it's something that we can talk about. But until right. then, it's a non-issue. Right. <laughs> and I was like, tough love, but yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> I, I totally understand that. So after I kind of stopped and reflected, I realized that it would just be ridiculous for me not to come back. Like right. I had identified all the issues from my first year that I really needed to kind of allow myself to build on in my second year and give my chance give myself the chance to grow my business and prove to myself that I can run a super successful business while also achieving balance. So I just decided that I need to put in the work. So that's what I did. I just got out there and took action and I started making calls and making sure that I was hiring marketers um, who could make calls for me. Right. I was just making sure that like I wasn't going to give up. So I just decided to shift my mindset and and uh, take action. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So for our leaders, you know, again, making lots of phone calls from, you know, 411 and old leads is not something we used to do, but these are tactics that we took because they were the best available tactics for us in a, in a pandemic, you know, it was inappropriate to go outside. Um, it was illegal really, or, you know, like, Hey, you go, go to the shopping store and come home, get food, come home was, was the mandate. So, you know, Caitlin took that on to sort of say, Hey, I'm going to go do these other strategies and booking jobs over zoom, et cetera, that, uh, you know, pushed your business forward, you know, and obviously still had a real negative impact on your business. You know, uh, obviously if you'd been able to work for those six weeks would have made a big difference, you know, sorry, work normally. Sure. Yeah. But you know, the, 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 the key life lesson is there is no normal, you know, like the key life lesson is the world gives you stuff and then you act right. Or yeah. don't act. And a lot of people choose not to act, but I think the best, the best course of action is, is action, more action, lots of action. Exactly. And even just as we said, like your plan, the thing that you thought was going to happen never actually ends up happening. Right. So I think this is just like a prime example of that. Yeah. And pretty messed up, of course, like no one, no one debates that. And, and to me, Caitlin, I think, you know, like I, 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 you know, hope you'll walk away with just a sense of, wow, look, this huge, you know, whatever pile of rocks or stones or things came flying down on me. And here's how I responded and really had an outstanding season and grew my business and did all these amazing things, you know, during this really challenging time, because that's something that, uh, you know, when we get stretched, that's what happens. We get the opportunity to really overcome. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. So what do you think, you know, top performers are doing differently? Obviously we've got a lot of amazing, amazing people in our organization. How are they top performers? Right. So I actually feel like this is one of my favorite questions. Mm-hmm. So I think there are a few things that top performers do differently, but one of the big ones for me is I don't think that they put limits on themselves. Okay. So I don't think that they let other people put limits on themselves either. Right. And kind of what I mean by that is they know what their core values are and they know what their goals are. And the two of those things are in line. Mm-hmm. And they know that there's nothing that's going to stop them from working hard to achieve those goals. I feel like it's really easy to kind of get caught up in 
what you think you should be doing or what you think others are expecting of you. And I just feel like high performers don't let that stop them. Mm -hmm. They just overcome it. Mm -hmm. And I also don't mean to say that like, they're not going to have those thoughts or like they don't have to remind themselves not to live by what others think or other people's imposed values. I just believe that they constantly remind themselves um, that in order to reach their goals, they need to be in line with their own values because ultimately that's what's going to make you successful and happy. Right. And I feel like really they value relationships and communication. The people in your business are so important and student works like without our painters, what's the point of even doing sales? Like sure. <laughs> we need our painters. That's in fact what you're selling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. And ultimately like they don't really need you. They can go mm-hmm. out and they can find another job where maybe they're happier or yep. whatever. Right. So you need to make sure that they know that they're valued and they're respected and they're important to you. Mm-hmm. So obviously relationships, they're just super important. And then on the communication side, I feel like they're not going to be putting aside conversations that are hard. Right. So I was talking about before how like I was avoiding issues just because I was exhausted and I couldn't handle them. Yeah. But like if you're a top performer, you need to just have the hard conversations and you need to address the situation head on so that it's not spiraling into a larger issue which is then going to be way more complicated to deal with when originally the issue probably wasn't as big as you had thought and probably easier to handle. So um, finally, I kind of feel like learning from your mistakes and not letting them bring you down is something that top performers do. So Mm -hmm. a bad day doesn't mean that you're bad at what you do. It doesn't mean you have a bad life. (laughs) It just means (laughs) that there is something that you can learn from. And so I think identifying what that is and using it to your advantage in the future is really key. Yeah, and even the concept of a bad day is probably not accurate. What's more accurate is there was one likely significant, maybe a second less significant event that happened that has you term it a bad day. The reality is no bad day is a bad day if we're still alive at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's just like, that's just what happened. And then like you said, what can we learn from it? How can we grow forward? And I think as well, there's something to, you know, so often we think something's bad in the moment, you know, a client drops you, you know, et cetera. And I can remember this one chap back in the day, you know, really kind of a, you know, my mind in hindsight, like what a crazy guy. Like, like, I think we were really blessed. Like we had a short experience with him. It didn't go well. He was acting really quite irrationally, you know, in my mindset then, my, still my mindset. So I think we were just blessed. Oh, I could have been, but on the, at the time, I probably was concerned about losing that piece of business. But in yeah. fact, it was probably a blessing because I found other business, you know, this guy was not going to be easy to deal with. So it's, it's so often as well, like, w- you know, we think it's bad, but well, in fact, it actually was good, you know? Yeah. And, you know, again, that reframing, looking at things differently, you know, and, and, and again, I think a real key to that is unlike in your first year, getting rest. So you're rested and, you know, looking after your body and eating right and all those sorts of things, or for you, just eating would be good, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just eat, Caitlin. So I know this coming year, you're going to get the opportunity to coach some young entrepreneurs and, and be a, you know, district manager or mini district manager. So, so what had you wanting to start, you know, getting involved on the coaching side of the business? Right. So I've actually always loved teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a peer tutor, tutor in high school, and I'm actually part of a peer mentoring 
program at university. So I was actually only one of two students asked to pilot a program for undeclared peer mentor students in my second year. Yeah. Um, so during the same time as I was piloting that, I actually started my own tutoring business. So I tutor kids age six to 14 and I actually still do it three days a week. Oh, so, fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I really love it. And I think like the feeling that I get when I help people solve issues, if it's like a math problem or whatever, even if it's a life problem, just yeah. anything going on in their lives. And I help them to feel like they can solve or just they can do anything that they put their minds to. Um, it's ultimately like the best feeling in the world to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like empowering other people empowers me. Right. So after my first year of running my business and kind of really realizing that relationships are everything, right. <laughs> I knew that coaching entrepreneurs was something that um, not only I would enjoy, but I'd also be able to kind of grow into. And as we know, continuously growing is my thing. So <laughs> I felt like it was kind of the natural next step and something that I was going to be super excited to to get to grow into. So oh, fantastic. Well, no, that's that's awesome. And sort of seeing that progression, you know, because in you know, because not everyone seeks the district manager, you know, role in our business. We have lots of top operators who choose not to, you know, pursue that role. And, you know, again, I think a big part of when it's right is people want to be coaches. You know, I'm a coach. I've called myself a head coach. It's been, it's now quite normal, you know, to have yourself named like the shoe guy or the shirt girl or, you know, the, the head coach or, or, you know, the spiritual head, spiritual leader or whatever, all these terms. But for, for decades, you know, normally it would be just, oh, president or whatever. But for me, I've always sort of gone with that because I am a coach. And so when we, when we, you know, that's the type of person we're looking really attract to our business because there's the district manager role is really a coach, a coach role and, and to coach people through their, their difficulties and have them, you know, discover what the best scenario is moving forward, how to best run their business. Yeah. So how do you think this experience will be helpful to your career and your life? So this experience I think is honestly going to be so beneficial just everywhere in life. Like there's nowhere in life where relationships or communication or growth is obsolete. Like that's just, that's never going to happen. So Mm. I feel like there's always going to be areas. Those are the areas specifically that we're going to need to focus on in order to be high performers in order to just live a successful life. Right. And successful obviously is like by your own terms. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But to me, it's successful when I'm, living a balanced life and have great communication right. and great relationships and, and learning something new every day. Right. And so I just feel like being able to learn all of these skills now at such a young age really is going to put me in an amazing position to be able to do whatever I want to do later in my life. Right. Whatever that's going to be. I, I still don't know what that's going to be. For sure. Um, but yeah, I just think that whatever it ends up being, now I have this as sort of a foundation to build on and to use to continue to grow into new positions in life. So awesome. And I know um before the podcast, we were chatting about just a, a relationship that you had in your first year that you ended up learning from. So I'd love if you could share that story with the leaders. Because to me, you know, we don't achieve amazing things in life without amazing people. 
Like it just, you know, it's like, we just do such amazing things in our business here, but it's not because of me. It's because of all of us. It's because of all the, the group of people working together. And so a huge part of that is how do we communicate effectively? How do we resolve differences? How do we understand differences? So, so why don't you share your leaders about that person? Yeah. So this experience was actually with one of my painters that I had last year. Mm -hmm. And so my first year, honestly, was just, it was rough. Like (laughs) my communication with everybody really wasn't great just because I was so exhausted that I wasn't getting my points across effectively. And I just feel like my painters didn't feel as valued as they needed to be. So my goal this year, obviously was changing that. And I had a returning painter who I guess was still feeling just like some of the things from last year were unresolved. Yeah. And he actually has friends in the program who are other painters right. because I was really close with everyone on my team. So we would do events together and the painters just all got to know each other. Right. And so he actually had reached out to another painter um, who is now an operator this year right. <laughs> and mentioned that he had some concerns, but he never addressed them with me. So then this operator was like, Hey, Caitlin, I just want you to know that like, this is what's going on. Well, what a shout out him yes. or her well done yes. yes he's a great operator awesome. <laughs> um so they reached out to me and i yes obviously was super grateful yeah so i at first was kind of like taken aback that he didn't feel com- like comfortable coming to me yeah. and i was kind of like hurt because like my goal was just to make sure that everybody just had the most amazing experience this summer right ultimately like you can't fault somebody from, from feeling how they feel though. Right. So I decided to kind of take a bit and, and think about what he, what this operator had told me. And then at the end of a job, I just asked this, this painter to stay back and and chat with me. Sure. So I asked him how he was feeling about this summer because I I didn't want to put it on him and I didn't want to put him in an awkward position. So how are you feeling about the summer? And did you have anything that you feel like needs to change or is there a way that I can make this summer better for you? And then I just listened. And I think this conversation, Chris, was probably an hour and a half long. Wow, look at that. So lots left uncomplete. (laughs) That's what that means, Caitlin. There was so much. Um so ultimately what ended up happening was at the end of the day after I asked so many questions, because I just feel like something that this program has taught me that you need to listen and you need to ask questions in order to like actually figure out what the issue is for sure. Because people will put on a lot of fronts yeah. to not tell you what the actual issue really is. what's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They want to be nice, but it's actually yeah. not being nice. So it's, and that yeah. like your, your associate, our, our operator, you know, the nice thing to do is not to say anything. No, it's no, the nice thing to do is actually to go stand up for the better part of Caitlin and, and I'm sure that's what he saw anyhow, but here, I, this is what you need to know. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So eventually, once he felt more comfortable with, with just our conversation, he opened up and basically what it came down to was he didn't like how I was coaching him. Yeah. And so I, I'm a pretty direct coach. Like mm. if I see something, like I don't beat around the bush. I just sure. say like what the yeah. issue is. And I'm also like that in giving praise. Yes. So I, I feel like I do it pretty equally and I've gotten that feedback that I do it equally, but obviously everyone learns different. So the way that I was coaching him just wasn't effective for him. And it, he couldn't receive it in the way that he needed to and that I needed him to. Yeah. And so basically 
he just told me that he had the expectation that this year was going to be completely different than last year. And it just wasn't. And so he wasn't enjoying himself. And he just wanted to be in a position where he would come to work and be super excited to start the day. And he really wanted us to be more friends than a boss and painter relationship. And so like, that's totally okay. That's great with me. Like relationships was one of the things that I learned from last year was something that I needed to to work on and something that I was really putting emphasis on this year. And so when he told me this, I wasn't like, I didn't take it personally and I wasn't taking it as something that was bad. It was just something that I needed to improve on. And so I just really heard him out and asked about specifics and, and asked him what would be more effective for me to do. So instead of me, I'll kind of just give an example. So usually when I leave a job site, um, I'll ask them to kind of like reiterate what we're supposed to do. So I'll say, okay, so what are you guys going to do to get this done? It's a front porch. And I'll have them repeat the steps to me. Because for me, when I do that, that's me learning where I didn't effectively communicate what has to happen. Yeah. Um, And then I can kind of fill in the gaps so that they feel confident going into the job and completing it. Yeah. But he was taking that as me not trusting him Uh to complete the job. Right. And me not trusting his ability to complete the job. Because at this point, he's been painting for a year, right? So he's like, Caitlin, I already know all this. Like, why are you on me about it? (laughs) Whereas I'm like, what can I do better to coach you? So it's just in, in how I use my wording and kind of like give him information now that has to change. And so ultimately at the end, I was just like, do you want to know what's kind of like funny about all of this is that we never talked about this last year at all. And we never really talked about it this year. And this was like a month into production. So I was like, it's kind of like me serving you pepperoni pizza for like an entire year and maybe a bit more than a year. And then you telling me later, oh, I'm a vegetarian. And I'm just like, oh, like I, I didn't even know. Right. <laughs> and and he was just like, oh, no, you're totally right. So basically, we just ended it with me saying, like, if anything in the future isn't right for you or you feel like I need to be doing something differently in order to help you, please, like, feel free to come to me. Because obviously there was something there that, like, I just I wasn't being open to them. And he didn't feel like he could come to me and tell me this obviously because yeah. I went to another operator to do it. Yeah. And so that was just like a huge blind spot for myself and something that I ultimately learned a lot from. Yeah. And I think that this is just so important because obviously if I'm wanting to be a coach and I love teaching and I love tutoring, I know that everyone learns in different ways. Yeah. And so I'm totally open to giving it to people in the way that they need to receive it. And yeah, so I'm really glad that we ended up clearing that up and we ha- we had that conversation. It's going amazingly now. He is enjoying his job. I do a check-in weekly. <laughs> is is he providing feedback? Yes. Yeah, so okay, usually good. every week I'll I'll like sit down with him and I'll just say like, hey, how was your weekend? Like usually we'll have like a more friendly sort of vibe now. So we'll yeah. have a chat about our weekends or about personal lives and things like that. Cause that was something that he expressed that he wanted, yeah. which I also love. I love yeah. getting to know my painters. So that's super great. Um, and then also I'll just say like, is there anything that you need from me either communication wise or in terms of like a job? Like, is yeah. there just something that would make the jobs easier that right. you want from me? And so I feel like last year I was kind of expecting people to just come up to me and tell me when they had something wrong. Cause that's what yes. I would do. Okay. Like I can't expect other people to do what I would do. Absolutely. And so now I just feel like I'm kind of more aware that I need to create the space that people feel like they can come to me with issues and they can come to me um, if they feel like something needs to change. And so 
um, by checking in weekly. I do with all of my painters. Yeah, um, good. Just that kind of like gives them the opportunity to to solve anything that they need to at that point. Yeah. And, you know, are you open to some coaching? Yes. Sure. <laughs> so, oh. you know, one of the things that may be blind for you is, again, we we all see our lives through our own lenses. Like that just makes sense. And so you spotted one thing, which is, hey, I just thought they would bring things up to me. Yeah. Another thing I hear through your story is, you know, if if I provide, you know, about half and half positive feedback and suggestions or, you know, positive reprimanding, because I'm sure that's what it is, right? You're not being harsh on anyone. You just here, do this, do this, that that's good. But the studies actually show that actually to have people hear us, we actually need to do five times positive right. to one feedback. Now right. for you, probably maybe that would be different because you're very, I want to learn, I want to grow, give me more feedback, what's going on. And then there's also just kind of a, always an opportunity. Like I love, I love what you're doing. And we actually coach that, you know, for our district managers, we'll say, okay, so, so what did you get from today's call? What are you going to do differently? Like, those are just great questions. And, you know, again, through feedback, we could see, but then also checking back, like in those conversations last year, or even in the first month, how enrolled were, was he or she, you know, how engaged were he or she when I did that? So it's kind of like right. also listening for what's unsaid. Right. You know, so it's like, oh, okay, hold on. Something, something's not coming across right from my communication. Right. So if I'm communicating and somebody's getting me, then they're happy, they're engaged. Okay, wonderful. Right. If if I'm saying something and all of a sudden the energy is going down, then it's something. Hold on. And you can explain yourself. Oh, this is why I do that. What would you like me to do? Right. You know, oh, I just like you to trust me and know I can handle it. Okay, cool. You know, right. And then you can you can make choices. Yeah, exactly. No, I I honestly I'm really glad that we had that conversation and I'm really glad that. I was able to kind of like see those blind spots for myself and yeah. obviously like learn in those areas because I'm sure if I had that issue with him, I was having it in other areas of yeah. my life. Yeah. Like we always talk about just, it's not one, one area of your life that's going to have this issue. Like it, it's over everywhere and usually is amplified in your business. Yes. So like I'm, I'm probably having the same issue in other areas. Right. And so yeah. for me to be able to, to have that identified now, it's just going to make me more mindful of, of future relationships and how I communicate within them. So, yeah. And also, you know, we can understand something, read it in a book, take a course on it. And it's how do we actually go practice it? Right. And get mastery. Right. And it's like, obviously, you know, at Sears, you found that you could get mastery pretty quick and here, oh my God, there's a long road to getting mastery, right. Over coaching and coaching real leaders. It's much more difficult, uh, which makes it much more challenging and enriching. So it's worth the hard work. So. It's worth the hard work. That's that's what I find hard work tends to be. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. 
If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So what would you tell a young person who wants to jump into entrepreneurship if you, if you had to give them one piece of advice or experience? Right. So um, I would say don't let mistakes or fear or even fear of mistakes hold you back because mistakes ultimately are what helps you learn. And just fear is a surefire way to kind of make you live life for someone else, not yourself. Right. Like you're not going to be staying true to your values and you're not going to be staying true to what you need in life. And so just making sure that every time you make a mistake, you're really just recognizing that that's a, a learning opportunity. Fantastic. Yeah. If we can just keep framing it that way, right. And just yeah. not taking our setbacks personally, not making it mean that I'm a loser, right. You know, like yeah. it's just so easy to do that. Right. And you know, I can't believe it, you know, and th- you know, for me, it's there I am trying to be perfect again, you know, no, no, you know, it's just not going to work. And I see it come and then I let it go. I go, okay, hold on. because. You know, one thing we know as well is we as humans want to be right. We want to get it right, right? And that's a good thing, you know, and it can it can make it difficult to live with ourselves, right? As again, you found in your first year, right? You know, that's what made it so hard. Caitlin's driving for success, driving for results, driving for results, and it's not working, you know, or not, you know, a whole bunch of it's working, but Caitlin's losing. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing as well that I find it's kind of interesting. I find we have a lot of people who really struggle with, you know, I don't know if it's workaholism, but you know, just, <laughs> just really, really crazy work ethics. And it's great working with a bunch of people who have that and then have learned to moderate, you know, and okay, hey, I really, I want, I want to be successful, but I also want to learn how to manage that. And, and so I'm sure you found other people in the organization who have that same thing going on. Right. Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> and work with them. Really great. I've talked with a lot of other operators this year who have had kind of like the same sort of balance. And even on like the conference calls that we have, after me sharing my view on balance and how that was my goal this year, I actually had a lot of people reach out to me after and we had great conversations about it. And that was something that I've actually just been having amazing calls with with people um helping them to yeah. balance in their life like last night i actually had a great call with jose and we talked for like an hour and a half awesome. just about balance in his life and like what are the areas that that he needs to kind of make sure that he's ener- re-energizing himself and making sure that he's doing the things that that he loves so that right. he is balanced and he can put 100% into his business when he needs to um and i just feel like I'm so excited to get to be a district manager next year and, and do that for so many other people because ultimately like when your life and, and your business are balanced, I think that's when you're going to be the happiest and the most successful. So. Absolutely. I feel the same way. So one final question, Caitlin, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? So when I think of a leader of tomorrow, I really feel like it's someone who is just consistently looking to learn and to grow and somebody who, like I said before, isn't afraid of making mistakes. Like they know that their mistakes, they don't define them. Mm -hmm. There's something that they can learn from. So I feel like maybe, maybe in that sense, like your mistakes kind of can define you because they can help you 
have a path to learn and it can help you kind of define who you want to be versus who you don't want to be. Right. Like this mistake is something that you can reflect on and, and you can grow away from maybe. Right. Right. Like we always say grow forward. So maybe you need to grow away from some of those things. And so I think that a leader of tomorrow is just somebody who's always recognizing that um, and recognizing that like, if they're going to put in the work and they're going to continue to learn, they're going to be able to create amazing things for not only themselves, but other people in the future. So. I love that. I love that. You know, one of the things as well that I, I, I love to point out and, you know, I point out at different times, but I really believe that top performers, unless they're really competitive and they're competing, you know, in the different areas that we can compete at largely go through life and they really don't get knocked down that much. They're t- typically, they're doing well in school. They're doing okay socially. They've got jobs and they're keeping them. And, you know, so that all of a sudden they come into a program like this and they get their head blown off a bunch of times, right? Like, and not literally, but just bang or wang, I got, you know, branded the table and my shin hurts and all that. So the examples of just, oh, wow, I, I didn't book that job. I didn't get that. I, I my painter quit. My, the job, the client was was really unhappy. I remember Roland Toms, one of our former operators, said, you know, I'm so, so disappointed. He still remembers his first client. I'm so, so disappointed in how badly this job went, Roland, or something like that. Like, But it really did, in many ways, define Roland. It defines us because it's we take these things and then we get better. And we go, okay, there's an identification. You know, and he didn't follow any of the systems in the program, didn't follow any of the coachings that we have now. Some of them were all, we didn't have those coaching now. So, so, or, or back then, but it's like, okay, this is what I can take from that. And, and isn't that wonderful? Right. And, and again, sorry, the client's not happy. Obviously it's not that we, we want that bad result, but it's just, you know, that is the result. What can we take from it? So. Well, that's awesome. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. It's just been awesome having you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And best of luck the rest of the season. I know you're going to be, uh, you know, well, in a balanced way, in a balanced way, (laughs) uh, crushing it the rest of the way and chasing after all the different incentives we have in the program and and excited about what you're going to create next year as a district manager. Well, thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate being here. Fantastic. Okay. You have an awesome day. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply, and I can't wait to see you on the other side.